A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Wisconsin State Fair has officially appointed their new CEO. We've got that for you this morning. Tomorrow we're going to find out the identity of the six finalists that want to be our 75th Alice in Dairyland. Plus, keeping you up to date on what's happening with the markets in light of the Russian-Ukrainian situation. Oh, we've got plenty to talk about this morning. Morning, everybody. Farm Director Pam Yankee, glad you're along with us. Weather-wise, let's start there for today. It looks like we're going to have a few more clouds than sunshine. Daytime highs today, a chilly 27 degrees. Tomorrow, partly sunny skies and 32. Saturday, sunshine but a chilly 25. Then Sunday, partly sunny skies, 49. Monday, partly cloudy skies, and 48. Next week, looks like we've got a warming trend on the way. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has your weather details coming up. Wisconsin Farm Bureau makes me a better advocate for agriculture because of the leadership development opportunities that I can participate in, specifically the Leadership Institute, where you get to dive into the specifics of advocating for agriculture, policy development, and even more. WFBF.com. They work for you while you're working the farm. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. One of the most fun things in agriculture that happens every two years, the World Cheese Championships that are held down at the Monona Terrace in Madison. Bob Bosol at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And while I didn't make it this year, I know Aaron Zimmerman did make it from our Midwest Farm Report team. And uh, the Grier Cheese, again, is the world championship. And Aaron, that comes from some very rich cheese-making parts of the world, doesn't it? Yes, sir. And Switzerland takes just as much pride in their cheese as we do right here in Wisconsin. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I actually had the chance to talk to Stefan Trutman. He's part of the Swiss Cheesemakers Association and was also serving as a judge for the contest in a few of the divisions. And we talked a little bit about that Switzerland and Wisconsin are actually the only places in the world with a master cheesemaker program. They want to ensure the quality of their cheese and make sure that their cheesemakers are trained successfully. We had the chance to talk a little bit about that and just a little bit about the pride that Switzerland takes in their cheese. Well, this um, uh, started very early, so we would say 100 years ago or even more. So it was like all, always a special thing that we said we have to have good cheesemakers. So we started with um, programs like educating on basic level then uh, get higher level and finally you get a cheesemaker what you can do and uh, we had special schools 
in Switzerland for cheesemakers. So um, then you, you can take their uh, different courses and finally uh, your aim is the master cheesemaker. Definitely. So now I guess let's talk a little bit, you know, you talk about educating people and getting, you know, getting them to get to that step of quality cheese. I guess what does it all take to become a master cheesemaker in Switzerland? I guess kind of what's the process and, and you know, how, who, who gets there and how? Yeah, well, first uh, it's possible after your, your school um, education, you can choose in Switzerland if you want to go to university or if you want to do a certain profession so it's kind of different to the US or Wisconsin so if you choose a profession you can uh, choose like cheese maker so now it's called milk technologist because it's widened up also to like yogurt ice cream and stuff but even still uh, products containing milk and then you, you do a basic education it's about three years and then you can call yourself cheesemaker. And after that, you can do a first um, grade uh, master cheesemaker. This is about yeah, two years, and it's um, parallel to your work. So you do this education, and um, there's more like uh, specialized technologies, um, what do you say, yeah, leading a, a, an enterprise, all that stuff, so it goes a little bit further. And if you uh, finalize this education, you can go for the master cheesemaker. Then uh, this education goes more into like marketing, also like um, higher education. It's not it's not called university as you call it, but it's a higher education, and you learn also like financial stuff, and marketing stuff, and all that. And finally, you're educated as master cheesemaker. Cool. Well, you know, let's talk, I guess, a little bit about, you know, Switzerland obviously has a great pride, like you say, in the quality of the cheese that they produce. And you guys, I, I understand right, you guys actually won the World Cheese Championship last year. You know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the pride that Switzerland has in its cheese, producing that high quality product and, and I guess, you know, being represented well with your master cheesemakers. Yeah, well, it's uh, we're very proud of this uh Jesus actually so it's our long long tradition like could be for a thousand years so they're like in 1100s first Jesus mentioned that are some kind related to our Jesus we have today and we're really proud of this um, evolution and also quality we have today and it's still like traditional cheeses what you want to do so uh, that's not so easy to produce and uh, there are um, a lot of raw milk cheeses which is a speciality we have and that's make that makes us really proud that we can bring in the high quality and and using raw milk so still producing safe products and it's also like yeah we want to keep that so it's still an evolution also in, in technology in our cheese dairy factories so the dairy is not um, only a hand work today but it's also like robots and machines and stuff but but it's still like we call it artis artisanal cheese because we're still like next to the vet controlling how the product grows controlling it by our hands tasting it with our noses and, and mouth how is it so that makes us really proud so and what what he also has is like we have very strict rules producing these cheeses that's another thing so you have like 
quality aspects, like also production aspects, temperatures, times, acidification stuff. We have also our own cultures, which we are all really proud of. So these are kind of old cultures collected in the dairies and selected to the best. And now they're like distributed in our country for producing these special cheeses. Now, you know, it's really interesting to kind of hear, I guess, some of the evolution of the cheese industry and, you know, how it's changed over time, you know, those things that you mentioned. Do you continue to see a guess, I guess, a strength of, or, or a good amount of people still getting into the cheese industry? Do you have any problems with finding people interested in it or, you know, is, is the future of it pretty strong? Yeah, so uh, we struggle a bit with uh, finding new people because uh, our like artisanal cheese makers, that's a seven days job. Seven, day, uh, seven days a week you work, so yeah. there's no weekend you can take off or stuff, so you have to work all day. And this is for young people, uh, we think, a big problem. So you have to get up early, you have to uh, work all day, so that's not interesting. There are certain, certainly there are on, on the countryside a lot of young people uh, learning cheesemaker because they're like coming from farmers so they know how to work all day so this is not a problem but we still have not enough educated people for uh, our dairies to um, yeah to work well Wisconsin obviously hasn't had the master cheese program for nearly as long as Switzerland has but I guess you know it was modeled a lot after what Switzerland does and you know Wisconsin takes great pride in our cheese as well I guess from what you know let's talk about maybe some of the similarities or differences between the two programs you know and kind of I guess you know where Wisconsin got its base from well I think um, there are lots of similarities because I think like process of the cheese making is very the same especially only difference is like the normal cheese alpine cheese or the cheddar cheese technique but finally it's always the same process so just little differences. Um, on the other hand, um, differences in the education, I think, is we have not really called, we, we won't call it like university studies. So it's more like we try to do the practical work and the, the education at school is, is also only a minor part. So um, I think that's the two differences yeah mm. definitely now anything else that you'd like to add i guess that you'd like people here in wisconsin in the midwest mm -hmm. to know about the cheese production the cheese making industry in switzerland and you know maybe some some interesting things so what what's really interesting i think is we still want to keep our traditions uh, for the cheese making but we also um, try to get it on the f in the future so uh, it's not uh, only the traditional handworking so it's also like technology that's coming up and makes things easier also what we found out now was special that a lot of women also came in now because of the like mechanization that's a interesting thing because they're also very good in cheese making uh, what what was a problem is that like if you take an emmental which is 200 pounds or what so this is not easy to handle for for women so you but nowadays if with the mechanical um, helps and stuff so it's absolutely easy that also women can work in our our job so this is not anymore uh, only for men job and this I think is very important nowadays that we 
get opened up to everybody. We're learning a lot about the Swiss cheese industry here talking with Stefan Trutman here at the World Cheese Championship. He is from Switzerland, works with the cheesemakers there, talking a little bit about the Master Cheesemaker program and their cheesemaking industry in Switzerland. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can rely on Blaine's Farm and Fleet for genuine value on quality products like advanced drainage system tubing, available in solid or slotted tubes, now 10% off. Secure loads with double HH Lockheed's hitch pins. They're strong, safe, and easy to attach, 10% off. Hillman Hardware Nuts, Bolts, and Washers, 15% off. And take 15% off Delavan Hydraulic Cylinders. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. 16-ounce Farm and Fleet Deluxe Mixed Nuts, just $5.99. Or pick up a 50-pound bag of Farm and Fleet Black Oil Sunflower Seeds, on sale, $27.99. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is also your headquarters for bee and chick supplies. We carry everything you need to keep your flocks and hives happy and healthy. And buy online at farmandfleet.com for drive through ship to home, or same-day delivery options. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. This looks like a car. It has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% .9 of the time, this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. An industry that feeds the world is definitely an industry worth talking about. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, lots of things to talk about on a Thursday morning. Happy to say that we'll be catching up with our friend Matt Trannell from Everag. He's down in Platteville and is going to give us an update on how markets are reacting to the Russian-Ukrainian situation, in particular, dairy. Let's talk about the weather that lies ahead for us today. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, joins us and... Uh, like I said, uh, a little bit cooler out there this morning than uh, we've experienced in the past couple of days. Yeah, believe it or not, just in the in the overall comparison to normal, we're about 10 degrees cooler Ooh. than normal, and that's about it for our nighttime low. Yikes. And it's not necessarily going to turn around uh, until we get toward the end of the weekend now, huh? Yeah, I think Sunday all of a sudden we'll get that real mild boost. But yeah, until that time, we stay a little cooler than normal. Uh, today, unfortunately, I'd have to say about 15 or 16 degrees cooler than normal for the afternoon high. So still a cool day, no doubt. But I mentioned it earlier in the week. We don't have that 40 mile per hour wind. So not bone chilling, uh, just cutting right through you kind of cold. Just going to be on the cold side. 
Let's look at the map this morning to see a front way off to our east and southeast, extending from Ohio all the way down to Oklahoma. The weather radar indicating some snow in Kansas, southern Nebraska, far southwest Iowa into Missouri. That snow stays off to the south, but does curve pretty close, at least down into Illinois, just passing off to our south today. It does mean we hold on to a few clouds today and on into the nighttime as well. Now there's a better chance we see a little sunshine tomorrow, but believe it or not, with a little sunshine breaking through, we'll see a secondary cool front quickly drop in from the northwest. And that little secondary front may account for a very slight chance tomorrow toward the afternoon for a few scattered snow showers, a little band of flurries. That would be about what we'd see, you know, maybe a little dust to collect, if that much. And that little front zips on through, reinforces that cold air for Friday night and on into the day Saturday. And that's when things start to turn around. A few more clouds build in Saturday night. Southwest winds start to work for us. And those temps warm back back to an above normal level by Sunday. There's a small chance we could see a little light rain around Monday. And those temperatures stay well above normal as we head right on through midweek. In fact, I'm talking a possibility of being in the 40s Monday, 50s as we head toward midweek. That's going to seem like a real warm-up compared to what we see here the next couple of days. And just starting this weekend with that colder than normal pattern. Then it flip-flops and we warm it up right into next week. You know what that means, muddy driveways, whatever snow and ice is left turns into slop as well. Going to be that way next week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so... One of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. <laughs> so we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit about what we've got coming up. Doesn't sound like we're going to have too much sunshine today either. No, that's the unfortunate part. Mostly cloudy skies. Oh, sure, that sun will break through now and again, but overall the clouds will be a little more prevalent. Look for temps in the mid-20s at best today, and the north winds about 5 to 10. We stay cloudy overnight, fall down to the low teens. Northwest winds at 5 even diminish. Mostly sunny, becoming breezy Friday. Yeah, I said mostly sunny, and in the afternoon, a slight chance for a few snow showers or a flurry or two to zip through. Look for temps to be still in the upper 20s or close to 30, south winds 5 to 15, gusting up to 25 or better become west later in the day. A cool one then for Saturday, sunny skies down in the lower 20s again, maybe 24 or so. Northwest winds 5 to 15 but with some sunshine on Sunday, Pam, some upper 40s, maybe a 50 here and there. Going to seem a whole lot different wrapping up the weekend. I wonder how deep the frost is. I haven't dug. I'll have to find out. I'm just curious. You know, I'm. that's going to tell us a lot about where the moisture goes once everything is uh, melted down. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it, there's still frost, so when things melt some more, it's going to be standing water and running in the ditches, unfortunately. Grab a shovel. Get out there, okay? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll do that right now. <laughs> Thanks, Stu. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details you're looking for and then some. All right, uh, we are looking for details on how dairy markets are responding as we start a Thursday morning. A lot of conversation about butter possibly becoming a substitute for edible oils that would normally go into food processing. Things like sunflower oil, soybean oil. Could butter be a viable fix for the shortages we may witness. Matt Trennell, joining us from Everag. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some jewelry stores try to dazzle you with gigantic showrooms and tons of inventory, but honestly, you don't want to pay for the jewelry store. You want to pay for your custom piece. William Thomas Custom Jewelry is proud of their quaint location and modest reputation for keeping their overhead low and their prices affordable. Allow William Thomas Custom Jewelry to help you create that one-of-a-kind piece. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Cardinal Glass in Mesa Mania continues to invest in automation at their facility. That means better, safer technology and more advancement opportunities for their employees. You deserve to work in a world-class facility for an employer who cares. When you work at Cardinal Glass, your career is world-class so you can live first class. Cardinal Glass in Mesa Mania is now hiring production associates and maintenance, competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit sharing, and more. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. So you've bought that new house or condo, and everything fits just perfect with your style, except for that outdated bathroom. This private yet relaxing room could be updated with today's spa-like features from Actuate Improvement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. walls could talk what would they say i have sent children into fits of rage i am responsible for a child's speech impediment i am the reason a child can't read just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls doors windows and sills today lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children if your home was built before 1978 log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LED brought to you by the coalition to end childhood lead poisoning epa hud and the ad council Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane, or road construction makes everyone stop, except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford and Rihala is ready to help you. 
and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihaloff, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. So with the jubilation and on top of the mountain that is winning Purdue... <laughs> What do you think of that Nebraska game at the Kohl Center? I uh, so I was watching on the plane and coming back. You and, didn't want to uh, jump, did you? Jump off the plane? I, I didn't, but I was laughing. I'll be honest. Uh, I was laughing at the start of it because Stephen Crowell turned the ball over that many times was just a little funny, uh, and just <laughs> like just the absolute horribleness that was the start of that game for Wisconsin. And then the start of the second half, I was cackling because. Nebraska just could not get out of their own way with those fouls and the technical and the flagrant. Like, it was just uh, a crap show. So Do I was, you think I was that was malicious intent from McGowan's? I don't know about malicious, but he certainly came down on Davis's face with his elbow it's to like an the, extent. the rocks um, people's elbow, kind of. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if there was intent there. But See, people want to nominate for D-Bag of the Week, but I say no. I don't think there was, like, it wasn't a basketball move, but I don't think there was, like, intent, you know what I'm I saying? I think his like biggest certainly... intent was to trip him at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you, and certainly Johnny Davis dealing with the ankle issue before the Purdue game uh, was was uh, was certainly not 100% for that, and then, you know, obviously re-injuring it and uh, going out of the game. I, I don't I, I don't know if he tripped him or not, but I, I don't think he was going for his face. I also don't think he was going for the ball. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but he, he deserved he deserved a flagrant. I don't know if it deserved to be kicked out, but gotcha. certainly deserved something for it. So what is the status then moving forward on Johnny Davis? I know he was, uh, had some words yesterday. What was he saying, Zach? Yeah, yeah he told he told Big Ten Network after being announced as Big Ten Player of the, of the Year that he hmm. uh, expects to be there on Friday, whoever they play, whether Michigan, it's Michigan State or Maryland, he expects to play. I, I don't think like it was a serious, serious injury. I think it's the fact that he kind of re-injured it, the same thing that happened to him before the Purdue game. Um, it was an ankle injury before the Purdue game, and obviously it's an ankle injury now. Um, and, and doing it so close together that uh, I, maybe he comes back in if it's a, if they needed, absolutely needed that win to, to win the Big Ten. But I think he'll be there on Friday for sure. 
Well, some people are out there saying that actually Wisconsin didn't win the Big Ten and that they are yeah, like, frauds. Was it fan? I think FanDuel didn't cash out on a bet for people that had Wisconsin winning. They gave it to just what? Illinois. Yeah, what? that's the rumor out that's there. That's the rumor. We got the research department on it. Who, so. who did that? Uh, um, RJ was telling us that he saw a tweet about it. So we got the, we, we're we vetting it. It's in a, uh, uh, The research department is a highly vetting process here. So we're yeah, vetting very it. very journalistic. Yep. Well, I mean, we have our research department has the highest of standards for yeah. journalistic integrity. So integrity. It's all about the integrity. So Zach. So jo- hopefully Johnny Davis will be out there now. The question, you know, Brad Davison is. Do you think there's a? It's just the short bench and more minutes. And you know, I mean, he's not that old, but being old, the oldest on the team, like maybe that's why the shooting walls are there. Maybe his legs are a little tired. Like what's what's going on with this Badger team when it comes to you know shooting the rock? Because without Johnny da- without Johnny Davis, it was kind of tough. I mean, they've been bad all year shooting the ball. They, that's I mean, they're shooting. They were, they were. I mean, that's. It's about the um, either the second or third worst, I think, uh, in this in school history in terms of shooting the three. At least uh, the, the worst is twenty nine percent, and uh, they were shooting around thirty one percent the last time I looked. So they haven't been good all year. Uh, Brad's been the most consistent of them, and he went through a little bit of a, a struggle late in the late in the season and it didn't necessarily it didn't necessarily cost them but uh he needs to be he needs to be able to hit you know three two three four a game for them to i think for them to be successful but they've also proven at other times throughout the year that they don't need to hit the three to win games and um i think that was one of the big things earlier in the year is like usually if wisconsin's not hitting their threes they're they're going to be in trouble especially uh i don't know during the great guard era but with Wisconsin's, uh, it didn't matter early in the season because what Johnny Davis was doing in the mid uh, mid range. But um, to count on that in the NCAA tournament, probably not ideal. You want to be able to win in a bunch of different ways. and Hitting threes is certainly a way. And that's why it's so frustrating that very last possession against Nebraska with Chucky Hepburn pulling up for the three with obviously time left while they're in the double bonus and you could have drove to the basket. Well, you didn't have a problem with him doing that against Purdue. No, no, no. But, but I said that was more well, there's of no a time left. Yeah, that was more of was like a, a in the moment. This one, I feel. I even said this, Debo. If he missed that shot against Purdue, I guarantee you he would have went to the rack against Nebraska. Yeah, but he didn't. And Chucky's also shooting uh, north of forty percent from three in the last month and a half. So I don't. I, I mean, he was wide open. He's got to knock it down, and I think for the most part in the last month or so, month and a half, he's been doing it. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The new executive director, CEO of Wisconsin State Fair, has been announced. We've got those details for you, and we're catching up with Matt Trannell from EverAg down in Platteville. He's going to join us for a market update. Boy, things were rocking and rolling yesterday in Chicago. Commodities went down while the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose more than 700 points. What's happening this morning? What's in the news? Matt's got the details. I'm Pam Youngke. So glad you're along with us. On this, the 10th day of March, on this day, back in 1876, the first telephone call was made. It was Alexander Graham Bell speaking the words, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Thomas Watson, his assistant, was in the very next door. But that was the first telephone call made on this day back in 1876. What I think is interesting is on this day in 1902, The United States Court of Appeals said that Thomas Edison 
did not invent the movie camera. Those honors went to somebody else. So technology, a big part of our notes today. Happy birthday to actor Chuck Norris, 82 years old today. And actor John Hamm from Mad Men, he is 51. And now you know. Congratulations to Sherry Black. Now, Sherry was the interim executive director, CEO of Wisconsin State Fair Park. Yesterday, the board of directors announced she's their gal. She has been named executive director, CEO, removing that interim title, which she had held since October of 2021, stepping in after Kathleen O'Leary decided she was going to retire from the post. In 2019, Sherry Black started the role of chief programming officer at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. And in that position, she basically oversaw the rides, the attractions, agriculture, competitive exhibits, entertainment, vendor services, and more. So certainly no stranger to the Wisconsin State Fair. Sherry Black, now named the full executive director and CEO. Also kind of uh, along those lines, the Wisconsin State Fair Dairy Promotion Board has announced that they have selected Stephanie Hammerly as their program assistant. She's going to manage promotions and social media along with dairy lane and milking demonstrations at the Wisconsin State Fair. She'll also help out with the Blue Ribbon Dairy Products Auction and Contest. She has a passion for the dairy industry and background in communications. She lives with her husband, in Wisconsin Dells, where they raise pole dairy cattle and dairy beef just outside Wisconsin Dells. Again, congratulations to Stephanie Hammerly, the new program assistant for the Wisconsin State Fair Dairy Promotion Board. Well, keep an eye on the calendar, especially if you're a Wisconsin farmer that has yet to file paperwork with the Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. I talked about it yesterday with Gene Schriefer. He is the state executive director of USDA's Farm Service Agency offices in the state. And the good news is, as we roll toward spring planting, more and more familiar faces coming back to your county FSA office. We are doing well. I think our moods are improving dramatically uh, as of Monday. Uh, most of our offices were allowed to um, uh, not wear masks. Uh, that was a, a big lift, uh, certainly well, well earned and timed, uh, but, but things are, have improved uh, that dramatically. I mean, uh, not too long ago, the entire state was red with very high levels of, of, of COVID in the community level. Uh, now every county is at 75% staffing. Uh, they are open for appointments, uh, so it's not just a walk-in at this point in time. We, we hope to be at full open uh, you know, without an appointment, uh, hopefully by May. Uh, we, we do have a couple counties uh, that still do have a mask requirement, even though they're at 75% staffing. And, and because we also have a metric that we're observing of what are the hospitalization rates uh, in those particular counties. So, uh, you know, call ahead. Uh, I, I believe, uh, I'm sure may, maybe your show gets all the way to Barron County, but, but, but Barron County would be one of those. Um, uh, Oneida County, again, northern part of the state. Uh, Racine down in the southeast. Uh, Rust County, uh, I believe, are the four that uh, currently do have that, and it's because of that that that, uh, um, that ha hospital component that the, those 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 places are still a little bit stressed. Mm -hmm. But we're hoping that's going to be removed uh, quickly here. Yeah, well, there has already been a flurry of paperwork. I know, uh, just filling out my own farm work, the ARC PLC decisions 
Again, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, given the unrest and everything that's going on in the world, that may be a, a late game decision for some growers, huh? Uh, that that can be those those programs at this point are are, are closing fairly quickly. I believe on uh, uh, the fifteenth, so coming up here next week. Uh, at this point, my last update was we had about seventy nine percent of of the uh, counties uh, farms uh, in, enrolled in that. You know, perhaps farms are choosing not to do that uh, this year, but uh, it, it may be worth their while to to think about that or at least. Least uh, allow your county office know that you are still interested. In me if you just haven't had an opportunity to get in, uh, we, we do uh, occasionally do something that's called a register. It basically we, we collect some basic information and it buys us a little bit longer window uh, to get the required signatures and things uh, in place uh, in, in case we've had some difficulty in getting that taken care of. So, yeah, ARC, ARC PLC uh, rapidly closing. Uh, we've got a couple other areas that we're working on on wrapping up here shortly. Uh, the dairy margin coverage program um, was uh, extended, uh, so we do have a little bit larger window uh, to get that uh, taken care of. I believe now we're, we're close to 80% done with that across the state. And you know, one of the the, the, the advantages of, of the revision to the dairy margin coverage program was that producers could update their production. Uh, so if they've expanded, added more cows, uh, they can increase that. Uh, that would qualify uh, for that dairy margin insurance program. So we think that's a benefit. Uh, farmers highlighted some some. Uh, differences or, or maybe uh, discrepancies in how the program was structured and, and we, we've listened to the producer and adjusted the formula so the, the, the calculations are, are more accurate of what farmers are actually doing. So that, again, is coming up here shortly. We don't know if that's going to be extended, uh, but certainly uh, if you haven't uh, worked with your, your local office, uh, uh, please come in and, and give us a call or, or, or make an appointment and, and get that information into us. Gene Schrieffer, he is the state executive director of USDA's Farm Service Agency offices. Like he said, the good news is that the masks are off in most of their FSA offices, the exceptions being uh, Rusk, Barron, Oneida and Racine County, where due to hospitalizations, uh, they will still remain with masks. But we're staffing back up for the growing season of 2022. Remember, March 15th, your deadline for your crop insurance. Also, the last day that you can make decisions on ARC PLC. And then remember also March 25th, the current deadline for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program. How is dairy doing this morning? We're talking about it with Matt Trannell from Everag in just a moment. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile. 
Chuck Gill, and from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. All right, just a quick look at the markets before we catch up with Matt Trannell from Everag in Chicago. Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning down more than 200 points currently. Our grain trade trying to rally back after a soft close. May corns up 7, December new crop up 6 at 542. May soybeans are up 15 cents, November beans up 6 cents, 1479. Wheat is still soft. May contracts down 47 cents, July new crop down 32. Right now at 10.78 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese was up a penny and a half at 208.5. 40-pound block cheese up a penny at 223 and a quarter. Double-A butter on Wednesday closed a penny and a quarter higher, 277 and three quarters per pound. Right now, April milk's down 14 cents at 24.12. May milk unchanged, 24.25 a hundredweight. Yep, and like I said, up next from Everag in Platteville, our friend Matt Trennell to give you a breakdown on what's happening specifically with dairy as it relates to the market. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Young Farmer and Agriculturist Program is for our younger Farm Bureau members up to 35 years of age, and that is where a lot of our contests take place, which was something that I had the opportunity to do through the discussion meet, as well as achievement. It's a program you should really look into. WFBF.com. It opened up opportunities for me. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether, like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year. The Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Every day it's a little something different, especially these days with Russia continuing their invasion into the Ukraine. And let's face it, today if you look at the calendar, here we are, uh, about mid-March. A lot of folks around Wisconsin thinking about planting. What about Ukraine? Let's catch up with Matt Trannell. 
He's a broker analyst with EverAg out of their Platteville office joining us live this morning. You know, honestly, Matt, that's that's one of those practical, logistical kind of things most farmers can identify with. We're not getting any sense on whether or not Ukrainian farmers are going to be able to start planting this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a very good question and a very good point. Uh, when you look at the when you look at Ukraine and you look at their crop season, generally speaking, they are looking to plant their corn crop and spring wheat crop in the month of April or right around there. And so, given that it is March 10th and every day that uh, Russia remains in Ukraine, that particular endeavor looks a little bit more bleak day by day. And so, it is a huge piece to continue to watch because uh, Ukraine does make up 13 or 14 percent of the global uh, corn exports in the world. And they also make up a significant uh, piece of the the wheat exports across the world as well. Uh, At the same time, uh, you look at where Russia has been attacking Ukraine. I mean, they've been attacking some of the major cities in the north, but really where they've made the most progress is around the ports. And that only inhibits uh, some issues as far as uh, trying to export a crop, even if you were to plant one. So um, there are some issues coming out of out of uh, that part of the world. At the same time, uh, you look at Russia and Russia is a huge producer of different fertilizers. And, and to name a few, uh, you have urea, you have potash, you have phosphate and you have ammonia, uh, all very important in, in growing a corn crop. And uh, ultimately, uh, their ministry has asked to suspend uh, exports of those particular products. And uh, ultimately, when you go through a war zone, it's tough to even get insurance on a, on a, on a boat to export product anyway. So yeah, right. uh, anybody exporting would be taking a huge risk. You take that a step further and, and talk about Russia. And, and just recently, uh, President Biden did, in fact, uh, announce that he was going to be halting Russian imports of oil. And while we only import somewhere in that five to 8% uh, uh, range of, of, of uh, their product to us, uh, regardless, you've looked at the, uh, the oil market. And since March 1st, I did some analysis on this. We started the day at $96 and we peaked at $130 uh, on, on March 7th. So seven days later, we were $34.5 higher. You look at the diesel market, which I think uh, most consumers in the United States are are starting to look, go to the gas pumps and the diesel pumps and uh, about have a heart attack. But on that same date, March 1st, uh, we were trading $2.93 on the spot diesel contract. Uh, we topped out March 9th at $4.67, uh, a jump of $1.74. So I, I think there are some things that we really need to continue to watch as, as the story unfolds. You know, and, and uh, just thinking about those feed costs, I mean, man, like you said, I about have a heart attack when I look at uh, just my household bills, let alone uh, operating a dairy. And I might be hesitant to lock in and try to protect myself at these escalated prices. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's another good point. I mean, you look at uh, the corn board. Uh, today, we find ourselves at about $7.40 on the spot market. It was as high as seven eighty the other day. You look at soybean meal. And uh, the month of May, we're at $480 a ton. Those are both approaching uh, all-time contract highs. Obviously, the 2012 drought, uh, we, we got into the $8 numbers, but um, we're testing $500 a ton meal. And so 
you look at cost reductions on the dairy throughout the country, if you're riding the spot market for feed, it's very likely that your cost production is now starting with a 21 or a $22 number, depending on where you're at in the country, which makes these uh, $22, $23, $24 milk prices, I mean, they're nice, but they're certainly not mm-hmm. as profitable as what we have uh, seen when we've rallied to these levels in the past. Matt Trennell's along with us, broker analyst with EverAg, their Platteville location. Remember their website, ever.ag. All right, Matt, like you said, I love to see these milk prices the way they are, but when it comes to pushing the pencil, very, very little profit. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of focus in then as far as uh, our dairy producers are concerned. Milk production continuing to slip. Are we going to continue to see dairies exit? You know, in the Midwest, we grow a lot of our feed. We feel a bit a bit more comfortable. We had pretty good reserves last year, but that's not the case for a lot of dairies, different styles in different regions. Are we already seeing some reaction to this? Yeah, I, I honestly think you are because uh, in certain regions, uh, while we're paying high board prices for feed, you're also paying uh, basis levels that are significantly north of what many areas are used to. A lot of that has to do with uh, South America, maybe the crop not being as big for protein. It's also a direct effect from last year's canola crop in Canada being cut by about 20%. So yeah, you're definitely seeing some pain in the Washington, New Mexico, uh, and California markets where uh, they did not have nearly as good of a growing season. And so I think you are seeing a lot of pain uh, on, on dairies, especially in the West. We have been a little bit sheltered here in the Midwest, but many of the uh, dairy uh, dairies in the Midwest, their feed contracts do run out uh, in the in September. Mm-hmm. And so once we're past that and into the fourth quarter, uh, a lot of these dairies in the Midwest are also going to feel the pain of, of planting a high price crop. And so I've been, I've been stressing to my dairies, uh, really start to push the pencil to the paper, see what your cost of production is. And, and go from there, mm-hmm. try to leave yourself as much flexibility, both on feed and also on milk, because to be completely honest, I have no idea where this thing's going. <laughs> but my fear is that consumer demand because of consumer spending could slow down when you're paying $5 to $7 in the West for gas. That leaves a little less money in the pocketbook uh, to pay for dairy products or groceries in the grocery store. And at the same time, you are seeing investment accounts uh, falling because the stock market is falling. So consumer consumer uh, confidence is not as high as maybe what it was a year ago. Yeah, very true. Appreciate it, Matt. Always good to hear from you. Matt Trannell joining us live this morning from the EverAg office in Platteville. Remember their website, ever.ag. This is